0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All
1: right. Here I this is Dumpty Dum, sponsored
2: by managers. Dum-de-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum,
3: dum-dee-dum-dee-dum, dee dum 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 dee dum dum
4: dum dum
1: This is Dum-de-dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall. And
5: Quentin Rayner
1: trying to guide you through the ridiculous events, or should that be eventing, that have been inflicted mm. upon us this week and manning Lighthouse Lil to ensure no more storylines run aground. We're relying on you, our weather-beaten dum-de-dummers. This week's wonderful dum dum wonderful, wonderful, is from our Alice four-year-old son, Doodleberg. Thank you so much for that. That's great. And on this week's podcast, we hear from formerly cycling Christine, Dr Becky, Dusty Substances, Claire from Clapham, Jen, Catherine, Glyn, Sue, Brian, and Daniel, as well as emails from Lynn and Emily. Wow, what a response. Thank you so much. So, Quentin, what have you been up to since we last met?
5: I've gone southwest again, Philippa, so I'm (laughs) back at the leisure home in in Cornwall. Uh, Although, having said that, right now I'm not, because I am freeloading, because I'm proving you're never more than about five miles away from an Archer's fan. <laughs> uh, I'm freeloading on a friend's super-duper Wi-Fi in St. Delian, actually, which is famous for its um, annual music and book festivals. In fact, my friend is an organiser of the book festival. Mm-hmm. And a um, little bit of background, do you remember about 11 years ago, David Cameron was on holiday down in Cornwall, and their daughter was born earlier than I expected and so, to mark the fact she was born in the county, they actually gave her the name Endelion as one of her names. So she ended up as Florence oh, Rose yes. Endelian. So that's where I am right now. Um, cool. Highlights of the week: I've been doing really subtle, to be honest, Philippa, because <laughs> that's what you meant to do on a holiday. But uh, I did see the I did see the Padstow lifeboat launched on a drill, which is exciting. I realise oh. I've never seen a a, a lifeboat launched before. Um, Tomorrow, I've got another dentist appointment down here uh, because of issues with a certain tooth. And, of course, I'm girding myself. Girding is the word. I'm girding myself for the big six-zero on Thursday.
1: Yes. Yes, are yeah. there going to be big celebrations, big parties? Uh, well, unlikely.
5: I think a humble barbecue on the beach with whoever is in the area. Um,
1: <laughs> well, that would be nice, though. That would be lovely.
5: We'll obviously, be here with my wife and our eldest daughter and uh, any other... Oh, and and, and uh, some friends from Tavistock have promised to come as well. So a small, but memorable do. Select, but, um, yes. select, select. Yes, yes select. But uh, Philippa, I'm worried about you. You've been in the walls.
1: Uh, it has been a bit of a week. Well, I thought I was going to have a great a great week. We booked to go to the Cotswolds for four nights. It was our first time away from the house for a couple of years. Just. Get a break. And it was glorious. I was showing off sending you videos, Quentin, wasn't I? Sorry Yeah, about sick that. making really, yeah. <laughs> Lovely house, beautiful. Our,
5: our leisure home would fit into your kitchen, I think.
1: <laughs> we were very lucky, but it came with a hot tub and there is a warning, maximum 15 minutes in the hot tub and on the last day I ignored that, thinking, well, it's just because they don't want to pay the price of heating it up. And after about 45 minutes got out. <sighs> And uh, promptly passed out oh. and have really hurt myself. I've hurt my neck, my shoulders, my face. Well, you've seen the photos.
5: I've seen the photos.
1: Yes, I think my modelling career is now over, sadly. But I thought, uh, I thought
5: you'd been assaulted. You've really yeah. beaten up, are not you?
1: I can't see out of one eye. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm dosed up on pain relief to be here. The sacrifices I make for dum-de-dum.
5: So you've got a really bruised face. I've got really sore tooth and we're still doing this nonsense.
1: <laughs> and we're still here.
5: We're still here.
1: Carrying on. Well, devoted
5: to Dumpty Dumpty.
1: In some ways, it looks like because the week has been so bad on the archers, I've just been banging my head against the wall, (laughs) but I promise it wasn't that. uh, Never mind. Anyway, well, that's what we've been up to. And Quentin, remind us of the Borsetshire bullet points this week.
5: Well, P, it's the P word, preposterous, Hmm. following their. Barn Sale Bonanza, we had the utterly pointless and patronising trip by Justin and Lillian to the Isle of Wight to look at yachts neither of them wanted nor could (laughs) sail, and for Lighthouse Lil to be called Hun at every opportunity (laughs) by OTT Nancy, who also threw in a Phantom Walrus for good measure. Mm -hmm. And that was after Lillian manically planned to chuck hundreds of thousands of dollar bills at double bill in her (laughs) frenetic pursuit of the eventing horse and then chivvy and chase Jacob into speeding up the pre-sale tests, making him even more irritable, if that's mm. possible. Jacob was preposterously rude to the practice nurse Denise, who promptly stormed out. He then had his head bitten off by Alistair, who then got bitten by a Westie with a preposterous name of Moose. <laughs> Tracy offered to cover for Denise, leading to the preposterous sound of her chasing Barry's mite infested rat, as well as the welcome sound of her giving obnoxious Jacob both barrels about his behaviour, one of the rare golden nuggets of the week, Mm. after sifting through all the other rubbish. This week was rounded off with a vulgar, nonchalant discussion between Justin and Lillian about what to do with all their barn money, which by the sounds of it could fill one. Mm. Jacob got his stethoscope squashed as he ate humble pie, but not chocolate or pate, apologising to Denise and persuading her to return to the surgery. She also agreed to give Moose a home and spare us the image of Jim jumping up and licking Alistair's face whenever he returns home. Mind you, Jim's mug isn't going to be a pretty sight mm. now that his Cicero favourite has been smashed. In the end, Jacob was rewarded with a hamper for declaring that double bill was lame, but I'm afraid... The same could also be said for the last week in Ambridge.
1: Yes, indeed, we all bear the scars, and well, that's the gist of the last five episodes in Ambridge. And what did you, our battle-hardened dumdy dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. And first of all, we have the fabulous, formerly cycling Christine. Hello,
2: fellow dumdy dummers wherever you might be in the world. This is formerly cycling Christine calling in. There was an online discussion a couple of weeks ago about small scenes being cut from some of the evening episodes so that the whole thing would fit into the time now available for the omnibus on a Sunday. May I humbly suggest that they do that with every episode that was on in the evening this week? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know where to begin to describe how awful I thought it was. In the related item, I just was appalled at the way Denise was portrayed as someone who was, life was so empty, now her children were leaving home that she had to be given the dog to fill up her life. Just like to say that some of us ladies do manage to do independent things once our children have reached the stage of being able to look after ourselves. Our whole being is not bound up in just looking after them and being a mother. In fact, some of us discover that a little time after they have left us, Our horizons have become so broadened that we go off on our bicycles with our husbands for a couple of years cycling the world. (laughs) And one final point, there was so much emphasis on Alistair being alone. Is he being set up for uh, joining up with Stella? Thank you very much (laughs) and best wishes to you all.
5: Well, thank you, Christine. No wonder she's f- formally cycling, Christine, having spent two years cycling around the world. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, Christine, I mean, given my my review of the week, I'm completely on board with you there. It, it, it really was awful. I love the idea of you uh, s- suggesting that all five episodes <laughs> yes. are cut so that we don't bother with the omnibus. It was painful <laughs> to have to re-listen to the omnibus again, I have to say. Um, yeah, interesting. Y- you picked up on the portrayal of Denise. I think you've got a good point there because she was portrayed as this f- formidable woman and and she could, who could look after herself. But suddenly she was all had an empty life and she needed a dog. And mm. and you think actually yeah, that's a good point. Um, why is she caved so so easily? Mm. Um, I mean I know empty nest syndrome. My word, we've gone through it ourselves three times. So it 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 is. <laughs> It is a condition, if if that's the right word, and I completely understand it. And I've felt it. And I think uh, mothers feel it perhaps even more viscerally. Mm. um, Many a mother has said that. But Denise can fill her life with many other things apart from a yapping Westie. So good on you, Christine, and great to hear from you.
1: Yes, Christine. Great, great call. (laughs) Love the the idea of just cutting the whole thing out this week. I think that would have been uh, much easier. I mean, the first night of the holiday, I said to the family, don't worry, I'm going to do the washing up and I'm just going to listen to the archers and have a lovely time. I'm surprised I didn't smash all the dishes. I was just so furious with, with the whole thing. Yeah, I thought it was far too simple just to give Moose the dog to Denise at the end. It was far too neat and just tying everything up by the end of the five episodes. Um, And Alistair, I'm not sure about him. He didn't really demonstrate any skills being a vet this week. I wasn't quite sure what we were trying to to learn about Alistair. Um, And, uh, yeah, I love on Twitter people coming up with spotting the cutbacks that the omnibus has to have to make it fit in because even Kerry Davis has admitted that there are some... Uh, trims uh, done with each episode to make it fit into the omnibus now there's five episodes so uh, yeah there's a lot of fun being had probably the only fun being had this week trying to work out what's been cut and, and what hasn't it's difficult with, with uh, children leaving home I mean mine aren't old enough and I've told them they're never leaving home so <laughs> I think I'm going to be one of those weeping and wailing and sort of holding them at the ankle saying don't go um, Brush, brush your teeth yes yes do you know, we've just had that discussion yet again. Ugh. Anyway, yes. No, Christine, that was, a, that was a great call. Thank you. Thank you very much. And one, from one great call to another, we have the dazzling Dr. Becky. I'm Dr. Becky Wood,
6: and I'm an autism researcher. I tweet on Archer's oat cake and the Woodbug. I wanted to talk about Jacob. Because of his behaviour with Denise, there's growing speculation that Jacob is autistic. I've been arguing for some time that it would not be a good idea to develop Jacob as an autistic character. Even so, there are ways in which Jacob could be a useful person to represent autism. He's very task-focused and perfectionistic, and the high standard of his work provides multiple benefits for his clients. Mm -hmm. He's not interested in social niceties and chit-chat, meaning, again, he's very focused on the task and so is more productive. But there are ways in which he really is not a good person to choose. He is white, we presume, male and heterosexual. There is a huge issue in the autism field of a lack of representation in terms of ethnicity, gender and sexuality. There's also a big issue in terms of representation in the media. We've already heard some unhelpful stereotypes in relation to Jacob, such as a lack of empathy, an idea that has long since been set aside. Jacob is shown to be rude, and even though social and communication differences can be interpreted as rudeness by those who are non-autistic, simply insulting someone, as Jacob did Denise, is not a characteristic I would associate with autism. Even so, if Jacob is autistic, he would be entitled to expect reasonable adjustments from his employers, such as a quiet and undisturbed working environment. There's also a growing awareness that rather than positioning autistic people as the ones with the problems and difficulties, is more to do with a lack of shared understanding. Mm. Neither Denise nor Alistair seem to understand why Jacob had become so stressed while trying to prepare his report. Overall, I think it would be helpful to present Jacob as neurodivergent along with other neurodivergent characters.
1: Thank you so much for for that call, Becky, Dr Becky, Um, really appreciate it. And having seen the information that you put on Twitter as well about this, um, it's just been very helpful. I think this is quite or it seems to be quite an emotive subject this week because people have very passionate views and ideas about uh, Jacob. And um, I certainly don't want to cause <laughs> any further arguments, but I'm going to say from my view, okay, so I have some experience of, of autism. Um, I'm not saying I know everything, certainly not to the extent that Dr. Becky does, but, but I have some knowledge. And before this week, I had always thought that Jacob was autistic. I thought he um, seemed to to demonstrate that to me. But this week, I thought, well, are they showing... He's not because he didn't react in the way I would have expected him to, to react. Um, and to have this information from you calling in is really helpful because, um, as you say, it's not people sometimes assume that if you have no empathy, that is a classic trait of being autistic. And that's not always the case. So I think we sort of need to look beyond that. I mean, the whole week was absurd. So why we're picking on Paul Jacob, I don't know. Um, And in the end, he seemed to return to his normal State. Um, But I wasn't sure what the scriptwriters were trying to demonstrate with that at all. Um, But yeah, Dr. Becky, thank you very much for your invaluable input. Please do call again.
5: Yes, I was delighted to to get your call, uh, Dr. Becky, because I'd seen your thread on Twitter Mm. and I was practically going to read most of it out because I think I felt we were being warmed up for the introduction of an autistic character and Jacob seem to be right from the outset being set up to be that character. But the nuances are coming through and expert people like yourself are indicating to us that actually he's not a very good candidate. And we ought to um, look to other potential characters or introduce other characters to reflect this aspect of, of um, human interaction, I suppose. And this potential autism theme is prompting others to, comment as well. I, I saw Colin Heinink on Twitter saying it's being strongly hinted here that Jacob is autistic. Given this, it is a little surprising how this possibility isn't apparent to other characters. Their level of anger towards him as a result is very misplaced.
7: Mm-hmm. Which was
5: an interesting point that there seems to be lack of awareness amongst other characters within the Arches that po- potentially he may well be autistic. Um, but the more I think about Uh, Jacob, uh, he's actually much more sophisticated in terms of his interactions with other people. I mean, the way he deals with Kate and and her temperamental moments is extremely skillful. He really brings her down, calms her down, and really makes her think clearly, which Mm -hmm. is quite an achievement when you come to Kate. Um, When he apologized to Denise eventually, I thought he handled it really quite elegantly and effectively. And he ate massive chunks of humble pie and persuaded her to come back took all the insults from her and Tracy on the chin and then was really quite cunning the way he played with her weaknesses uh, suggesting that um to get overcome the empty nest she ought to come back to the surgery because then she would have <laughs> she would see the clients again who she'd bound to miss and, and why not take on why not take on old moosey as well and i thought you you cunning swine you know it, <laughs> i i t- I, I think uh, perhaps he's not a candidate for uh, to be an autistic character uh, because of these things. I may be completely wrong, but one thing Becky did put in her thread was, and she said in her Twitter thread, and for the record, if, a big if, any current characters were developed as autistic, the best candidate would be Alice. High expectations of self, internalising self blame, etc. Not unusual amongst women on the spectrum. Mm. So there's another bone of contention held in by Becky. So a very, very interesting call, Becky. I'm glad you've called in. Yes. because we were going to mention having seen your thread.
1: Yes, that was excellent. Thank you very much. Look forward to hearing from you again. And now we go to dedicated dusty substances.
8: Hello. It's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. And a very, very happy bunny. Uh, for probably oh, well over a decade, I have been saying that I'd love to hear from Denise, the vet nurse. And This week we did, and wasn't she absolutely fabulous? I really hope that uh, we can keep this straight-talking, uh, efficient vet nurse uh, as, as a speaking character uh, indefinitely now, she was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I thought her exchanges with Jacob were actually really very interesting at times, and that could be opening up something else, but uh, we shall see. I will gloss over the fact that we had yet another, uh, elderly woman with delinquent pet storyline but mm. at least it just talking to Denise a bit more and hopefully keeping her in the series. Um I think that's probably all I've got to say. Uh, have a good week everybody and speak to you soon. Bye!
5: Goodbye, Dusty. And uh, We all know uh, and love Dusty, and we call and, and she's known as as Dusty Substances, but um, her real name is Denise. So no wonder she's chuffed to hear Denise <laughs> finally given a voice on the Archers because she has been a, a silent, hasn't she? Just referred to now and yes. then for, for years, and suddenly yes. she has a voice. Finally, and what, a
1: bo-
5: what a voice! So yeah, let's have more Denise. I mean, blimey! I mean, when when she and Tracy were on the scene, you know, back to back with Jacob. <laughs> he didn't have a chance. To. He was flawed, and he knew it. But um, no, she's uh, Denise in the Arches is a woman of substance. So let's have more of her. So I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you on that one, Dusty.
1: Yes, I would definitely like to hear more of Denise again. I fear not, because we've had so many of these one-off characters come up and especially i I know we've already said it but in a week where there were so few actors so few members of the cast i just don't know what was going on so yes it was a shame that we had her just then because as i say i fear we will not hear from her again and now she's got moose the dog she'll she'll be happily ever after with moose the dog no we want her there can anybody be happy
5: with moose the dog it sounds nightmare hound
1: it sounds like actually moose the dog is fine unless it's with alistair the vet it seems to be <laughs> That's
7: true.
1: Yes. um you know tracy was fine jazza was fine and denise is fine so i it didn't strike me that alistair was really top vet of uh, of, of the week then. he's obviously
5: not very good with small dogs is he
1: no, what is he good with? I don't know. But, you know, if you want a vet to, to be on your side, Jacob is definitely the vet I would go to. Oh, it's a good really, vet. Yeah, it's he's got amazing knowledge. Oh, yeah. It, uh... Anyway, there we go. That was a lovely call. Thank you very much, Dusty Substances. And now we go to capable Claire from Clapham. Hi,
9: Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Well, what a bizarre week in the arches we've had. I think the thing that I will take away from it is that it sort of stood alone, almost like an entire radio play or something, like various bits of narrative going on, but they were all sort of resolved within the week. Um And I don't know whether this is going to feel like that when it goes out onto the omnibus. Um But, yeah, it just made me wonder whether every now and again the just like to do a sort of completely contained week that doesn't really need to happen at all (laughs) and has no bearing on any future part of the plot i don't suppose anything much that's happened this week will matter in the future um maybe they've got that stuff by them every now and again just to fill some time god knows um But yeah, the fact they were so self-contained was particularly interesting. I did make me think about, gosh, can you imagine being someone who just started to listen to the archers this week and this is what you had? (laughs) Um, I I sometimes feel like that. (laughs) And um, I just think it must have been very bizarre to like, there was all this ridiculous shenanigans of the dog and the vets on the ridiculous shenanigans about, oh, shall we buy a horse or a boat? Um, And then in the end, Mm -hmm. they didn't buy a horse or a boat. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. They managed to sort out someone to look after the dog. Um, Yeah, how strange. But, uh, you know, that's why we all love it. Um, (laughs) Sometimes we just want a bit of random pace of life that isn't about anything else and doesn't have to be plot-driven. And, um, you know, the archer's got the time to play with that, I guess. So
1: um, long may it last. Anyway, keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, thanks, Claire. That was great. Yes, if anyone has listened to The Archers for the first time this week, all I can say is there are better times ahead. Perhaps starting at a low point is the way to do it, because then you'll just enjoy future weeks so much more with all the revelations that that come through. But don't judge it on, on that week alone. Yeah, It reminded me of the old Ambridge Extras that we used to listen to, which sort of had some of the Cast from the main archers, but had stories that started and stopped quite separately to everything going on in the archers. That would never be referred to again in the archers, and that were just quite surreal. It was that I didn't know if I'd taken too many painkillers when I started listening to the Omnibus because it really was. And I didn't. I saw you put it on Twitter as well, Quentin. I I just thought I can't, please don't make me listen to this oh, no. the second time. Oh, no. I thought <laughs> no. I have, I have to do this. Another thing I do for dum dum it's painful. But uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, why did they have so few characters in it? Had there been a BBC budget meeting? And they said, right, you've used up too much of the budget with five episodes a week now. So you've only got five pounds for this week. So we're going to cut everybody out, bring in some other uh, actors um, and just write something that's, just completely
5: bizarre. Well, I don't I don't. It's funny. I, I didn't get the impression there weren't many characters this week. In a way, I almost felt there were quite a few, um, mainly because perhaps we had new characters. We had Nancy, didn't we, played by mm. Francis Barber and Hun, and uh, also Denise. So I suppose whenever there are new characters, it feels like there are lots of characters, but maybe you're right. When you step back, there weren't that many. Um,
1: well, no, if you ignored Denise and, and Nancy, we had six. Did we? Six characters in the whole week. Yeah, Lillian, Justin, Jakob, Tracy, Alistair and Jazza.
5: I, I wasn't counting. I was just counting down to the end of the episodes, really. So <laughs>
1: uh,
5: <laughs> It was a struggle. <laughs> Interesting observation, Claire. You, you, she's right. All, it was all resolve, wasn't it? it? I think it was a standalone, a play in itself. Um, the only thing that wasn't resolved is of, what are poor Lillian and Justin going to spend their hundreds of thousands on? Oh, yes, yeah, um, ridiculous. We
2: just give it away.
5: <laughs> that was a, God, that was obnoxious, that scene, wasn't it? Ugh. But I, I, I really dislike Justin this week. I, I really, he is, ugh, mm. He's obnoxious, isn't he? I mean, he, he's trying. whenever he's sort of being caring and interested and nice to Lillian, he sounds really patronizing. I find I find him he's he's just pulling a leg all the time and just belittling her but dressing it up as wanting to pamper her and it came across as the mm. complete opposite. He's odious. Absolutely odious. What does she see in him? I've well apart from the millions i suppose but um oh no I, I really I'm not a big fan of Justin anyway but he really went off him this week do you you know what i mean his attitude towards
1: yeah absolutely i've i've got quite a bit to say about about that
5: oh one of your cross moments
1: yes this one of your
5: this will be a one-eyed cross moment will it yes
1: Um, i can't i can't frown too much because it'll hurt never mind i
5: I should add one or two people did post saying oh i really loved i love this week it was i really enjoyed the silliness Mm. i love the break from the alice saga so it wasn't didn't all go down badly the majority thought it was nonsense but there were pockets of of, of appreciation so just to balance things up that some <laughs> people loved it but they, they were in a very small minority
1: i guess it's a bit like british weather you know we've always got something to talk about whether it's good or bad it uh, gives us conversation you know it's uh certainly giving us something to talk about this week
5: moan about yeah
1: <laughs> yes well We'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how.
5: Yes, we do like to think of this as the people's podcast and we very much rely on your contribution. So if you want to record a message or a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red SpeakPipe link on the left and submit your call. It's ever so easy and you can have as many goes as you like, so don't worry. Another way is to send a WhatsApp voice note to this number 07957 167 696. That's 07957 167 696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK to add a plus four
1: four. OK, so let's get back to those calls. And next we hear from Joyful Jen.
10: Greetings, Quentin and Philippa. Jen here. I've had a lovely week. I have so enjoyed having a storyline all around the vets, being <laughs> in the vet surgery, meeting Denise, finding all out all about that was just brilliant. And I'm really impressed with Jack Yakult. That was a difficult diagnosis. He did a good job. They actually had a vaguely credible diagnosis for an inventor of that sort. It is difficult to spot spot on a vetting, and he nailed it. So. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I could pick a thousand holes in how he conducted the vetting, the whole business with the phenylbutazone, which I spotted instantly. The minute I heard the doubt in his voice, I knew there was going to be a positive blood test there. And I got the diagnosis. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the research wasn't fabulous, but it was lovely to be at the vets. I loved hearing the the relationship with Denise. I know exactly where Yakult is going wrong. He doesn't like cake. He doesn't eat cake. He doesn't understand cake. (laughs) Veterinary (laughs) nurses run on cake. Uh, So he needs to get to grips with that. Um, I loved hearing Tracy down there. I think Tracy's a bit lost at Grey Gables. And I thought it was brilliant the way she interacted with Alistair and Yakult and Denise. And I'd like to see Tracy moving to the the vet surgery, Hmm. taking a job as a receptionist and allowing us to hear much more of westies chasing rats around (laughs) the veterinary surgery while taking chunks out of um, other characters so yeah i really enjoyed being that side of things and i think Yakel is actually quite a good vet and more of this please
5: well we could be excused for thinking we were listening to uh, an episode of james herriot this week couldn't we (laughs) um so we got we got a dusty very happy to be hearing from uh, from Denise. We've got uh, Jen, the vet, delighted because uh, we spent most of the week in the vet. So we've got two very happy customers, haven't we? Mm. So far, uh, yes. J- Jen, as we know, is our resident vet. And um, can you imagine writing that scene and knowing people like Jen are listening and people are yes. tutting and oh, it wouldn't be that way? Oh,
1: yes, exactly.
5: But. She says, Jacob came up with a vaguely credible diagnosis and he is a good vet. So I'm taking Jen's word for it. We're back to cakes. We mentioned cakes last week, didn't we? And your enormous wads of buttermilk.
1: Buttercream.
5: Buttercream, yeah. sorry, Philippa. Yes. Um, clearly, the, the world runs on cake, but certainly vets' practices do. So that's what Jacob is doing wrong. If he just likes cake, feeds Denise cake, and yes. the world will be happy. Yeah. And puts Tracy. On reception to throw the cake around the surgery, then that will be one very successful surgery. So yeah, happy gin.
1: Yes, Jakob just needs some some more sugar in his in his life. I think maybe I should be a veterinary nurse because I love cake, so I could fit in you, quite well no, there. You'd get
5: no work done, Philippa. You'd be <laughs> you gor- know, gorging I, yourself on cake.
1: As, as soon as I returned from the accident on holiday, my mother rushed round with a triple layer chocolate cake. She knows me very well. The trouble was I can't open my mouth very wide at the moment, so I was having to... Peel it off layer by layer.
5: Was that a problem? I doubt it.
1: No, (laughs) it didn't stop me. (laughs) It really didn't stop me. It's medicine, very important. Uh, So, yeah. Thanks, Jen, (laughs) for your call. Yes, Jakob is definitely my vet of choice. Sounds like he's yours as well, certainly in the arches anyway. I wouldn't invite Jakob to a dinner party, but I definitely want him to be there. I think he'd be hilarious.
5: I think he'd be a great guest.
1: And I agree with Jen. I thought Tracy did a great job. Okay, yes, there was the slight... Well, such hilarity! You know, with Tracy chasing the rat that was with the dog and uh, all of that nonsense. Barry's rat. Yeah. <laughs> But I know why Alistair suddenly dismissed her because of that, but it just felt she had been doing a really good job. She'd brought the surgery to life. Um she was got the photocopier going well. Yes. And and then Alistair just dismissed her and, and blamed it on um was it the insurance he blamed yes. it on? It just felt Health and
5: Safety. Health and
1: yeah, safety. I thought that was really quite rude to Tracy when she'd given up her time but uh but anyway. It's all this
5: it's what Claire's saying, it's all this sort of resolution in one week, isn't it?
1: Yes, Uh, and I didn't like it. Uh, We didn't like it. It was trite and it was too simple. But uh, yes, Jen, great to have you uh, calling in and for your vet view, which we certainly needed. So we now go on to charismatic Catherine. Hi there, Dumpty Dum, it's Catherine. I'm feeling a lot
11: of sympathy for you both uh, this week after what must have been (laughs) the lamest week on the archers for many a year. I'm also almost... um, Yearning back to Alice's addiction and all that stuff because it was slightly more interesting than this week's tedium. Mm -hmm. Firstly, let's start with Lillian and Justin. I love Lillian and Justin. Normally, when they were having their affair, it was all a bit naughty and awful. I loved listening to it. (laughs) However, now they seem to be searching around for a storyline for them. Mm -hmm. With that awful treasure chest thing they were burying, and some photo of Justin I remember from ages ago that we all thought was a bit lame. But this business with the boat, where they seem to go to um, the Isle of Wight and meet some woman who must smoke at least 40 a day... (laughs) Another thing they do is they stereotype all women over 50. They're either grannies uh, and ancient and doddering or they're kind of boozers. Um, Anyway, they went this story about her and the walrus and really nobody cared. But my big thing is who do they really think is going to take business advice from Lillian, her property company, which seems to never have anything interesting doing in it. Why don't they do a a storyline about that, about tenants, about property, about something, Amside or Amway, whatever it's called, and and Justin, who we first met as a really ruthless uh, businessman, a bit like Vince, who started as a really ruthless character, and now seems to be a bit of a pussy. Um, They have no concept of modern marketing, uh, the digital world, uh, something that's really sorely uh, underrepresented on the arches, really, isn't it? Texting and websites and stuff like that. So they really think they're going to set themselves as business advisors. I think that they would be laughed out of town. Anyway, tell me what you think. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Oh, Catherine, thank you very much for your call. Great, as always. Yes, um oh, I just thought this whole debate about do we buy a racehorse, do we buy a yacht, what what shall we do with this money? It was sickening hmm. to me. Hmm. Um and you know, it just sounded as if they've got no business sense and they literally had money to throw away. Yeah. And I don't think that is Justin. Justin is quite sharp. He he's normally concerned about spending you know when they were originally having the work done in the house in the bathroom how much was it costing so he doesn't strike me as somebody who is frivolous but this was just absurd and as I said it just it sickened me to hit to hear this mm. oh should we give it away come on you know uh, how can you spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on a horse that is a big barn they've sold The most i've ever spent on a horse was about two pounds when i bought a cindy doll house and horse box from a rummage sale when i was young and and i agree catherine they do seem to have lost the storyline for lillian and justin and where is it going to end right now i've i don't want to hear from them they need to go away and think about their action
5: well you are cross aren't you <laughs> <laughs> thank you catherine for your sympathy and sharing our trauma of this week was lame, but um, that really does sum it up. Um, and I agree with you that um, they seem to be searching for a storyline for these two, don't they? Yes. Interesting, you've picked up on uh, the the one area they could develop is this, what's it called, Amside, whatever, whatever her business company mm. is. That they could develop a storyline couldn't they with that so, say she develops some property and it all goes wrong or whatever or she gets some dodgy tenants in that that, that is a, a realistic area that could be developed so I agree with you Catherine we need something with meat not this nonsense mm. about going to the Isle of Wight and completely wasting everybody's time particularly ours forcing us to listen yes. to it and thinking well they didn't buy a horse they didn't buy a yacht what was the point of that uh um, digital world, yes, it it's it, it's a bit like COVID. Uh, it never really yeah. appears, does it, in 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 Ambridge. The only flashes we get, um, well we got was with Tom and Natasha when they were setting up their yes. their app, which we've hadn't heard from for ages. I mean, we haven't heard from Natasha for months, have we? What's happened to her? So that that is one area that again could be developed and could drag. <laughs> Ambridge into the twenty first century, and um the the portrayal of women over their fifties are the grannies or boozers. <laughs> oh dear, I'm going to listen to to these characters with that in mind now, uh, from, from from now on, Catherine. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we had Frances Barber doing her Frances Barber thing as Nancy. Um, yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable for what it was but uh very much a cameo appearance apparently i saw a tweet from Frances Barber. she was chuffed a bitch to be in in in, in the arts she said she wanted a curtsy when she met when she met sunny who plays lillian so that's nice
1: yes and i enjoyed having her she's such a well-known actress it was great or actor i should say it was great to have her on um but this whole story, again, about the boat and the walrus and Lillian's history, I've never heard her go on about how much she loved this, this boating in the past, and so I don't no. know when Justin's heard it. It was just Where did that come from? In fact, I'm feeling more and more cross as, as, as I'm thinking about it. I think I tried to put it in the back of my mind, but now it's there and I'm having to think about it again. Why? Why did they write this? I've never anybody? heard
5: Lillian mention sailing once. Ever.
1: No, they've got. I thought they had a successful property business. And so, surely, you reinvest the money into what you know and what will create more income. It, they were doing it for business, it wasn't for fun. They've got no other holdings in event horses or boats. So, why would you start? It just makes no sense. I'd. Somebody,
5: somebody said this whole nonsense was so. Finally, Nancy could announce the local headline: "Phantom Warer sinks lighthouse lil," and that's what the whole week was about. So she could announce that, which pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Oh.
1: I just wondered if the scriptwriters had all had colds and and so had been taking vast quantities of LEMSIP, which caused them to hallucinate while they were were writing. Something went on. We would not be presented with this week normally. Something is wrong. I think we need to be very worried. Should they all be taking COVID tests? Because something's going on at uh, BBC HQ and we need to find out what it is. I'm concerned. But anyway, there we go. Catherine, thank you for your call. Wonderful as all ways. And now we go on to Gracious Glynn.
4: Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glynn here. I'm going to start this week with the Carters. I suspect the scriptwriters are aware that the pandemic has put a lot of strain on many long-term relationships and wanted to do a story along those lines. But because of the way the pandemic has affected Ambridge, they haven't been able to um, use the pandemic as a method for doing so. So they've created, uh, with the Carters and having to look after Martha, um, something of a proxy. And so, for those who are cross that um, you know Chris isn't doing enough or the aldridges mm. aren't doing enough, I'd say um, take it easy, chill out <laughs> slightly. It's necessary for the story. Let's just focus on um, Neil and Susan. So what do they need to do to get back on track? Um, I think their marriage has been based on on mutual support. They don't, they've never really had anything that you could describe as a common interest. And perhaps they are the couple that does need mm-hmm. a common interest now to bring them back together. And then linking into this week's nonsense, perhaps that's what it's all been about. Lillian and Justin are going to decide that they are going to set up a project in ambridge for which neil and susan will be um a vital part and at which point um, magically time will appear in chris's diary or in the aldridge (coughs) pardon me the aldridge's diary to look after martha Mm. and through working together on lillian and justin's project the carter marriage will be saved well that's my plot prediction stay safe everybody Hope witherspoon, you've recovered from your rather difficult time Mm, in New Jersey under floods Mm. and are safely home and rested. And
5: goodbye, everyone. See you soon. Thank you, Glenn. Yes, all our thoughts are with Witherspoon and his husband, and hopefully, hopefully they're fine. Uh, Witherspoon did post one or two, uh, certainly, one picture of. uh, them in, in, in amongst the floods and he's posted other stuff on facebook so one can hopefully assume that they are okay mm-hmm. uh, G- Glynn's call really was more like a great big plot prediction wasn't it um <laughs> Glynn being Glen, he's really thought it all through and yeah it's plausible uh, i suppose it hinges a bit on what lillian and justin are going to do with their obscene hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, maybe set up a project in ambridge they were sort of nonchalantly considering it weren't they We'll, we'll see, but for Glyn's prediction to work, it needs Neil and Susan to play a, a big role in it and have a, a common interest. It's interesting, this theme was raised a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, Philip, on the podcast? Somebody else suggested mm. that they need something, their common interest is their family, and their family has now become the be-all and end-all because they're looking after Martha. So... What is their common interest has become, feel like, their burden at the moment. So they've got nothing else. And really what Susan is missing is her time in the shop, interacting with people and also at the dairy, picking up, having conversations, picking up gossip or whatever, interacting, and that's what she's missing. And that's why they have nothing to talk about. So I think you're onto something there, Glynn, because others feel, uh, agree with you. But uh, we need um, Justin and Lillian to do the decent thing and spend all this cash on something decent in the village.
1: Yes, I do feel like Glynn is. I'm being told off by Glynn, reprimanded in a very nice, polite way, because I was the one jumping up and down about the childcare last week and saying it wasn't fair, it wasn't right. Chris needs to step up and relieve some of the pressure from from Neil and Susan. And Glynn has told me to not get cross and to chill out. So uh, that's that's what I do. You
7: you are very
5: cross. You
1: are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm cross every week. (laughs) <laughs> um,
5: I mean, well that's 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 a trademark of any archer's listener. So
1: yeah, that's true. Well maybe Lillian <laughs> Glenn and Glenn Justin... needs to
5: get a crosser.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, come on Glenn. Come on, match me. Match What's wrong me with you? Maybe Lillian and Justin will set up a, a project providing childcare in uh, average, maybe maybe that will help. Useful. I don't know. I just wonder if the editors, scriptwriters sat down one day to plan this week and they were doing it on Zoom, as I know certainly in, in lockdown they were doing, and the Zoom was playing up, so they thought they'd just missed a chunk of the discussion and what had been agreed, but actually that was all that had been agreed. It's a very loose, weird, strange story, so I think we've got Zoom to blame for the the script that we get, I know I get wound up about the childcare, but I'm still wound up about it. I'm sorry, Glenn. I I can't promise to chill out. It's not, it's not, my, it's not in my nature. Um, I think that there really is an issue there. I don't. I'd love Lillian and Justin to invest money in in a local enterprise that benefits people who are in need. But I don't think, I don't think it will be. I think we've been led this merry dance and then it'll be, oh, here we are driving past. Is that a barn for sale? Yes, right, buy it. Speaking of barns, before I had my accident... Uh, we Have you went, mentioned the accident? We went <laughs> to visit the Diddley Squat Farm in the Cotswolds, which is the Jeremy Clarkson Farm. Oh, uh, it did you? Last week. Yes, we we set the the postcode in the sat nav and drove there and thought right we'll go we'll buy a potato or whatever got there and the queues of people um Mm -hmm. i've never seen anything like it there's less queues to get into alton towers and there's this big blackboard saying queue for the kiosk which was this tiny little squatty kiosk Mm. 45 minutes minimum queues for the shop two hours minimum two hours to queue for that to buy a potato Yes. And or that, a cabbage. That's apparently. pretty much all he sells
5: from his room. shop, yeah. isn't it?
1: So we drove round the car park taking photos to prove that we had been there. And then just dro- drove out again. Thought, what why are we gonna wait for two hours? So anyway, there we go. So well as
5: well, as, a, as the saying goes, if you you know, get an Amazon Prime programme, build it and they will come. <laughs> yes.
1: And they certainly do yeah. in their masses. I mean, uh, amazing. We were told that you have to get there sort of an hour before it opens to have any chance. And you of, didn't see Jeremy, did you? No. And to be honest, if I had, I'd have got cross with him telling him that he needs uh, better resources and facilities. But anyway, so what Lillian and Justin need to do, it seems there's money made in uh, building barns in uh, near Chipping Norton in the Cotswolds. So that, that's what they need to do, but it wouldn't benefit uh, the local um, people. So uh, maybe that's a bad idea. Anyway. Glyn I, I will try and uh, calm down. I will try my best. I can't promise, but I will try my best. And now we go to brilliant Brian.
7: Hello, it's Brian. Um just in under the wire, I hope to say, um, because I had to listen to the yongers to make sure I could I did actually hear what I heard during the week. What was all that about? <laughs> <laughs> that had to be the weirdest week of archers I'd ever heard. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> no plots for advances as far as I can see at all um, mm. so that was a very weird week all like relief and nothing in between it was very very strange unless you think we were all on holiday so um, gives us all a week off I don't know <laughs> anyway um, best of luck getting a programme out of this one um, <laughs> but fine um, it, it was sort of weird <laughs> and um interesting I suppose in in its weirdness but uh, <laughs> I really don't care really enjoyed <laughs> having two people spent saying how how they're gonna spend hundreds of thousands yeah. of pounds and then not spending it. Um that was very strange. But okay, um I'll leave you to it. Um good luck. Thanks then. <laughs> Bye. <Goodbye. laughs>
1: Oh, thanks, Brian. Yes. Nothing happened. Weird week. Is it weird but wonderful? No, I I don't think it was. We're we're trying to make the best of it this week. We don't know what happened. I mean, it's not really the script writer's fault. It's the editor's fault because they're the ones that decide what will happen in the week. And then the script writers breathe some life into it. Maybe we're being set up to really start despising Lillian and Justin. I can't think of any other reason why there would be this unless suddenly next week they're going to do something amazing with the money worthwhile um that we all applaud and so maybe that will be the great resolution i i I don't know i'm i'm out of ideas as to why this absurd and irritating story has been allowed to happen
5: i was struck by the fact that brian seemed to sound like he was ringing in really So, uh, it was a sort of cathartic reason he was calling in. He had to somehow (laughs) (laughs) expel all this frustration by phoning into Dumpty Dum to say, Have I really listened to that drivel? Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to know I've gone through this. So, Brian, we 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 share your pain. And um, yes, we are struggling really to justify anything that went on this week. You are completely right. And it was obnoxious hearing those two talk about their piles of money and what they're going to do with it. So, Um, It can only get better, Brian, is is the positive I'm going to take (laughs) out of this. I I mean, surely it it can't get any worse than this. I saw somebody said they'd been listening for 50 years on Twitter and it was the worst week they'd ever heard. I mean, it it comes to something when people are posting that sort of thing, isn't it? Um,
1: It is. And if people say it's worse than the monologues, then that really is saying something because I still have PTSD from David going on about his lasagna. So, yes, this is... This is another level.
5: Oh, the worst! Now the worst one was Adam looking after, <laughs> looking after the baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, oh God! <laughs> please don't make <laughs> me think about it. Oh.
1: Let's move on. Let's move on, oh. Brian. Thank you very much yeah. for your call. And now we come to stupendous Sue.
8: Hello, it's e, Queen O'Tart here. I just wanted to say that I find Yak really hard going. He spoke tolerably to Lillian tolerably not nicely but nothing like as awful the stuff that he said to denise i felt very very cross for denise um i think she's come out a bit well hopefully with the lovely dog to look after and hopefully he'll be just a bit nicer and i just love tracy please can we have more tracy i always want more of her that's everything cheers Stay
5: safe, everybody. Thanks, thanks, Sue. Uh, yeah, we, we we all love Tracy, don't we? And um,
1: mm-hmm.
5: the more I hear uh, Susie Riddell in action, she's such a good actor as well, isn't she? She um, mm. she's just authentic. She, she just bursts through the radio. You don't feel that she's pretending, which of course acting is. Um, she's a, a, a rounded character, an increasingly rounded character, because she was quite marginal for quite a while but they've really developed her and um yeah it's been a great success so yeah more Tracy more Denise we want more Denise don't we we've um we had Dusty saying let's have more Denise and it's great to hear her uh, but you don't think we're going to hear any more from her do you, Philippa but um there's another yeah. strong character um Jacob, you found very hard going Sue um he spoke tolerably to Lillian it has been suggested that uh, he he is polite to the people he needs to be polite to and downright rude to those he doesn't need to be. So I think that's the division there of, of, of his behaviour. But hopefully he's learned his lesson from the double-drubbing he got from Denise and Tracy. We shall see.
1: Yes, I just think when I heard Jazza at the beginning of the week scraping mould off the patio furniture, I should have known that we were in for a rough time and that that was going to be the highlight of the week. It's just next time we hear that, next time is scraping mould off the off the furniture, we need to just stop and go and pour ourselves a stiff coffee, tea, whatever, large slice of chocolate cake and come back and try and deal with it. But, uh, yes, so thank you very much for your call. And now we go to
12: Daring Daniel. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's uh, Daniel from sunny St Andrews. Um just calling in to talk about the last weeks of episodes um been following uh justin and lillian as the main <laughs> story which i have to admit is never my favorite sort of tends to be the sort of <laughs> the sweet life of the <laughs> sort of semi-retired relatively wealthy but i found it sort of quite humorous and i'm glad that sort of it seems to be um justin has now got payback and some for this the discovery of his sort of sunflower costume i think it was um (laughs) but i was just going to put in a a, a sort of semi-serious recommendation slash plot prediction about what this this money that they've what what it will eventually go towards not sort of horse related not boat related i'm curious has there ever been mention of a a a football team ever in borsetshire Hmm. Whether it be Ambridge, probably too small, nearest large town, maybe. Uh, I can imagine sort of Justin playing the role of the sort of agitated uh, football manager, but maybe not. Probably doesn't fit in with the sort of crowd they're trying to attract. Um, Thanks for all the great episodes. Uh, Bye for now.
1: Ah, Daniel, yes, thank you. Well, there has been mentioned before of football, but I just don't, I don't know. And also, I can't understand why Lillian wasn't more affected. I mean, her friend Sherry, who she thought of so highly and has had lots of chats with before, tried to rip her off for hundreds of thousands of pounds. You'd have thought that would sort of dwell with her and make her question herself, her friendships. It it certainly would me. I mean, that's awful that someone would do that and someone that she considered to be a friend. And she came so close to... Buying the horse or putting a deposit down without waiting to hear what what Jacob had to say. So I, I don't know. I'm just bewildered, Daniel. I'm bewildered.
5: Well, I'm surprised you're not really excited by the suggestion of uh, of creating or backing a football team, there, Philip, because of your love for the sport. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a book um, festival that would be good book festival
5: <laughs> come to St. Dandelion. there's a book festival every year Ooh, nice. um, uh, Daniel I, th- I think this football team thing is- ain't going to take off I'll tell you why because there was reference wasn't there when they're having that sort of Lazy discussion about what they're going to do with their money. Uh, they, they, she said, "Well, sh- shall we uh, sponsor of an executive box at Felpham City?" Mm. And then they sort of said, "Oh no, they would have to go and watch them." So I don't think they're yeah. football fans. So that ain't going to take off, Daniel. Um, the, the whole thing, the whole bit of, you know thing of yachts and horses and all that is payback for Daffodil Boy. That's interesting because that really rankled with him, didn't it? He they had to yes. dig up the um time boxed and they had to get the photo out again so he's obviously deeply troubled by that photo so is it him getting revenge on lillian if so i i've gone off him even more
1: yes yes that doesn't say much about their relationship not
5: really no I, I he's he's odious isn't he i mean i really i don't particularly like him i really went off him as i said before justin mm.
1: um
5: it makes you almost hanker after Matt, really. There was much more between. Oh,
1: definitely. Much more yes. between them. wasn't tiger Oh, and bring that. back Matt any mm. day. Absolutely. I, I didn't know if Matt was involved in, in all of this. You know, if you're um, trying to rip some people off for hundreds of thousands, that's there's a whiff of Matt Crawford with
5: that. Oh, you think he's, uh, he's anyway. pulling some strings in South America, wherever he is now.
1: We need him back. We really need him back. Bring back Matt. Yes. Anyway, uh, right, so those are the calls, but you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. So how can our lovely dumpty dummers do that, Quentin?
5: Yes, you are very welcome to send a text if you'd rather not uh, call in. And uh, the text number you need to use is this 07957 167696. That's 07957 167696. Remember, as ever, if you're calling or texting from outside the UK to add a plus four four. Or if you prefer to send an email instead, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the contact us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Please do get your calls, emails, and texts in by lunchtime on Sunday as we record this nonsense at 3 p.m. UK time. (laughs) And remember also you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments.
1: And our first email this week is from Lynn. So she has the subject of plot lines. I enjoyed this week, even though the plots were all in some parallel universe. My theory is that they had some amusing storyline stockpiled and had a declutter. I also feel that we may have been given some respite because there is something big and upsetting on its way. I fear for Alice. I never listened to Ambridge Extra, but would these disconnected stories that have no impact on the main plots be the sort of thing they did? Keep up the good work. Lynn, yes, absolutely. You are right, bang on the money. This just smells of Ambridge Extra to me this week. And and maybe they had it planned to do for an Ambridge Extra. And then that was shelved. So they've just bought it into the the main thing. Maybe that's what's go- something's gone on. We need to find out. We need to we need to storm the uh, the mailbox where they record and and, and do this work to find out what happens. Anyway, yes. Um, I hope I hope we've not got awful plot lines coming up for Alice soon and that this has been our reprieve if this is if this was our reprieve if this was our holiday our break exactly. <laughs> then it sounds rather like my holiday you know makes you wish you'd never come bruising anyway. bruising, yes, bruising <laughs> exactly but thank you Lynn for your email
5: um, Ambridge Extra is finished hasn't it it's not going on anymore is it
1: no no it hasn't right. gosh I can't remember the last time Kenton was uh, away seeing his his daughter I think in the last one and that was that was many years ago, so no, they've gone.
5: Right. I never used to listen, clearly. Uh, that was on four extra, wasn't it? Or,
1: yeah, they were yeah. good fun, but they really? bore no relation to what was going on in the main archers. A
5: bit like this week then, right. Yes, okay.
1: exactly. <laughs> uh,
5: but at least Lynn, she said she enjoyed this week. So there's a there's a, a, another person who mm. was tickled by this week, albeit, as she says, in some parallel universe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she says my theory is they had some amusing storylines stockpiled there's one (laughs) word in there that's uh inappropriate
7: it
1: begins with a (laughs) well they're still stockpiled they still haven't used them
5: (laughs) please ditch anyway lynn thanks thanks for getting in touch yeah and uh we have another one here don't we from um emily in vancouver and emily says oh honestly what is there to say Shall I stop there, Philip?
1: <laughs> no, carry on. Carry on. Good She's grief! Got a lot to
5: say. Good grief! What a bore! Was the nonsense about lighthouse Lil meant to be funny? <laughs> hmm. Were we truly to feel that the whole mistaken walrus caper was both hilarious and a source of humiliation for Lillian? Mm. Say, you thought you saw a walrus. Who cares? I can't begin to imagine who would. Certainly, we, the listeners, could not have cared one jot less. Well, dear scriptwriters, Emily goes on to say, I didn't hear anything worth the effort of listening other than the eyes of my fellow dumpty dummers rolling (laughs) back into their heads. Perhaps the next time the decent scriptwriters decide to take a break, they could leave someone who's not brain dead in charge. Even better, they could leave the scripts in the capable hands of the dumpty dummers. Oh, Uh, yes. That's an idea, isn't it? Someone in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group suggested that Lillian and Justin could join a local swingers group Mm. rather than worrying about whether to invest in in an eventing horse or a yacht. Best and funniest story of the week without doubt, thinks Emily. Until next time, she signs off Emily. Then she says, P.S., where the heck is Jim? At this rate, Alistair will be audibly wringing his hands over that damn Cicero mug for another three weeks. (laughs) Can you imagine it? (laughs) <laughs> no. Three weeks of worrying about them <laughs> please no um, I, I, I emily you'll have deduced by this stage in the podcast we are can we completely concur with everything you say yeah i would say in defense of walruses that here in cornwall there, there has been one spotted off the north cornish coast so oh. walruses are actually uh, an issue down here at the moment yes so the, the walruses was in the news the other day so, so we'll is, be, the, is the
1: walrus holding up a sign saying, We are real? Lillian was right.
5: I, I sunk Lighthouse Lil, I think it's saying. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> In the Walrus News today, Walrus Weekly.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah, nice one, Emily. Yes. Uh, shall we just take over? I, I, why don't they? just, During the summer, they can say, Okay, dumb summer, you, you write the scripts for the next three weeks. Blimey, we, we would have some suggestions, wouldn't we? We'd never agree, would we? we can we imagine? Can you imagine a script writing session between Dumpty Dummers? Can you imagine the
1: chaos? <laughs> it would be brilliant. But there's fun fiction for a lot of things. Is there any for The Archers? I've not come across that. Maybe I need to do a bit of research. That's unlike you, Philippa. I know. I'm sorry, you see. I'll blame it on the accident. I'm going to blame everything on that for, for this week anyway. But thank you for your calls and emails. Um, we value them so much. Please keep them coming. And so to Facebook and our lovely Dum-de-Dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with Stephen.
3: Hi, this is Stephen with your social media roundup. We started the week with Justin and Lillian debating whether to buy an eventing horse or a yacht. I took a poll of Dum-de-Dum listeners, And 31 of you voted for Team Horse, and Double Bill winning at badminton – although I'm not sure how good horses are at holding rackets – while 20 of you voted for Team Yacht, as, after all, every week is Cow's Week in Ambridge. Hannah Warren said, Lillian needs a yacht more, but had it been a polo pony, maybe Lillian would enjoy that. Guy Williams countered with, Team Yacht is a bluff, Team Double Bill more likely. Monica Postle steered a middle course, Clearly, Lillian has been telling Justin some porkies about her past, and her stories about sailing. Don't really think they should do either. Looks like they've got more money than sense. Meanwhile, Noleg Griffin reminded us that she had predicted a trip to the Isle of Wight two weeks ago, and wondered whether Justin was going to be killed off in a sailing accident, or whether Lillian was not going to buy Double Bill after all, but instead buy Alice's horse Banjo. Sandra Jenkinson was a bit disappointed by Justin and Lillian's route. Why did Justin go to the Isle of Wight via Southampton? I could have waved them off had they come through Portsmouth. And the Super Yacht Amaryllis is often in Gunwharf Wharf Quays. I imagine that's Lillian's style. Kate Lyle was more than a bit disappointed about how the week was going. Oh for goodness sake, Lillian has been around horses all her life. There is no way she would have behaved like that, buying a lead rain pony for Little What's-His-Name. I think she might have meant Mungo. Never mind an investment inventor. And the yacht thing is even more ridiculous. Christine Naramore suggested, It's going to be a comedy story based on Justin hearing Lillian bragging to Mandy. And will turn out she knows nothing about boats and gets chronically seasick. It was enough to make Karen Cunningham sigh. I hate it when the comedy elements arrive unannounced like this, she said. As if Lillian, an experienced horsewoman and businesswoman, would have waded in with a hint of an offer, a very expensive eventer, before receiving Jacob's full Vets pre-purchase examination. Ridiculous. Gillian Holmes thought differently. I don't know why some people have become cross with comedy stories in The Archers, she said. They often contain lots of catch-up on characters and background, which is particularly needed after the Covid hiatus, and convey information lightly. Nicholas Nitzur wasn't completely convinced. Comedy in the archers. One-liners are great. Comedy situations just great. You always know there'll be hilarious consequences. Lynn Rafferty brought some historical context to the story. Is the idea that Lillian wants to sponsor an eventing horse likely? Well, yes, of course. Although many listeners won't know that Lillian was eventing on Ralph Bellamy's horse before she married him is the notion that Justin wants to sponsor yacht racing equally likely. Happen? Happen not. There was a very long period when Lillian was absent in Guernsey. Who knows what she got up to? But she doesn't seem to seem that keen on Justin finding out. Jean Richardson was also looking back at the past. Is it only me that still yearns for the days when Lillian Archer and Joe Grundy relished drinking cider together and it just felt perfect, she asked. Paul Lucas sort of agreed. Yes, indeed, he said. But we want to escape our real lives for some warm escapism, now and again. Towards the end of the week, I asked what positive things could be drawn out of the week's episodes. Tracy, said Audrey Brown. She is wonderful. And I can't wait for her to give Jacob a dressing down. Although Julie Taylor misread that as giving Jacob a dressing gown. Love the return of Lillian Hijinx, said Suzanne Steele. I love Lillian's nickname, Lighthouse Lil as it sounds more like a drag club in Blackpool, said John Lee. We had scenes outside the county. That's extraordinarily rare, said Josh Steinhurst. I love Francis Barber, said Fenella Taylor. Francis Barber played Nancy. And Mary Dowswell Lawrence said, Well, the most positive thing of all is that The Archers is on for five days a week. Brilliant, whatever the storyline. But I'm going to leave the final words to Sarah Evans. Maybe I'm easily pleased. But I just caught up with this week's episodes and I quite enjoyed them. A bit of light relief and a welcome change from all the other ongoing storylines, which I hope they'll get back to next week. And now I'll hand you back to the studio. Thank you,
1: Stephen, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there. We would love to see you.
5: Now onto Twitter and we have the Dumpty Dum team at Dumpty Dum who are doing a great job as ever. Like them, do remember to use the capital T and A when you use the hashtag The Archers so the visually impaired can enjoy them too. And don't forget to include at Dumpty Dum as well so that we can all see your tweets and keep that community growing on that platform.
1: As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I've only one Twitter account for my book podcast and Dumpty Dum, so I can be found at Quick Book Reviews, not a W, it's a three, just to catch you out. However, you are Quentin, two accounts, Raina, are you not?
5: I am, but increasingly one, aren't I, when it comes to the arches? So my my, my main venting account for the arches is at 13 minute man. That's one, three minute man. So that's where you'll find me.
1: So now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week, Quentin.
5: Yes. The big moment of the week. And uh, there's a bit of a theme here in bronze and silver. And in bronze position, it's Dominic Young, whose handle is at Budgie 500. He has been on the podium before. I think he's still looking for his first gold medal, but I might be wrong there, but he's certainly been a medal winner before. Dominic posted this for bronze. What happens in cows stays in cows. Now that's a bit of a dodgy line for a farming drama (laughs) and then on the similar theme we had uh, in silver position helen sib at helen sib and she said no what happens in cows doesn't stay in cows ask the vet (laughs) (laughs) but in gold position this was posted early in the week and it goes to uh, molly button at ambridge minx And she says, The Archers, public service broadcasting at its best tonight. Never will I be duped into buying a sick eventing horse.
1: (laughs) Boom, boom. Very good. Very good. Well deserving.
5: They are our winners this week.
1: Thank you. And uh, if you would be interested in supporting Dumpty Dum, we would be ever so grateful. You can do this via the Patreon tipping system, which you'll find on the Dumpty Dum website, or by going to patreon.com and typing in Dumpty Dum. Your financial support helps to pay towards the cost of this podcast for which we are very thankful. Thanks again to Alice and Doodlebug for his dum-de-dum tune. It is fabulous. And thanks to Stephen for his social media roundup and for calls and emails from formerly Cycling Christine, Dr Becky, Dusty Substances, Claire from Capham, Jen, Catherine, Glyn, Brian, Sue, Daniel, Lynn and Emily.
5: And thanks also to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V Freeman and what's his name? (laughs) Uh, Royful Brown, that's him.
1: (laughs) So what will be revealed next week? Will Jazza and Tracy turn out to be better vets than Alistair? Will Sherry convince someone to buy Double Bill so she can run off with Matt Crawford? Mm -hmm. will double bill the eventing horse moose the dog and webster the tarantula mean that next week's episodes are sponsored by pets at home and will any part of the archers next week make any sense to any of (laughs) us or will we all be (laughs) joining alice in rehab all will be revealed
5: let's let's book our places now shall we yes
1: (laughs) so it's a bye-bye from me
5: and it's an exhausted goodbye from me